Hey guys, welcome back to the Empower Fitness and Nutrition Podcast. Uh, this first episode, this is going to be our first episode, uh, it's actually going to be a series of three where we dig into a lot of stuff on building muscle. So we've got three part series here where this first episode is going to be, we're going to dig into kind of a bit more of the science on on hypertrophy, on building muscle, the three mechanisms of hypertrophy, and Tom's going to talk us through uh, a little bit on those. We're also going to talk about kind of how you can eat more or kind of the intention with eating more to start to build muscle. We're going to dig in a little bit on, on the importance of sleep in that muscle building process, uh, and kind of then we talk a little bit at the end, uh, a little bit about our experiences uh, with that in this first episode. So like I said, this is going to be the, the first of three episodes. Hopefully there's going to be some actionable steps through each of these, particularly in the second and third. This first episode is going to be a little bit on the science, a little bit on the importance of some of the understanding of building muscle. Uh, and what we talk about, we talk about things kind of in relation to toning and kind of building muscle versus versus losing body fat and things like that. So sit back, uh, dig in and enjoy this episode. So we are going to talk about building muscle. Gets building, swole. yeah, building musculature is uh, today's topic. Being jacked. Yeah, being jacked. Not I like hench. Well, yeah. There's wham. wham. So is many new, options. Wham is my word. new one. I like wham a lot. There is a lot of <laughs> options for what you can fucking call it. Uh, so, talking about like building muscle, we'll talk a bit about the science. We're gonna, Tom's, you're going to talk us through a bit of the science stuff in a second. But in terms of just giving some context to it, to it, and, uh, when we talk about building muscle, it's not like bodybuilders. It's not like that kind of enormous amounts of muscle where you kind of you have to eat chicken and broccoli and rice. And you look like a fluffy cloud. Yeah, exactly. And like lift loads of weights, and that's the only thing you do. We're not talking about it in that sense. We're talking more from the perspective of like building muscle to be healthy, so that you can function as a human, so you can look better. And toning is one of the looking toned is kind of the most common thing you, you, that you'd hear. Um, particularly from females. Particularly, yeah, particularly from females, which like toned, we'll talk about a bit more, but it's not the incorrect. No. It's not an incorrect thing, uh, but we'll, we'll talk about that. Uh, and then in the context of you can build muscle doing lots of different forms of training. So we're not talking about just bodybuilding. When you are trying to build muscle, like a sole goal is to build loads of muscle, like a bodybuilder, because your livelihood depends on it, then it is doing that set of like eight to 12, just lifting weights, going to failure, to going to failure, not going to failure, lifting heavy, lifting like all of that stuff. Uh, and that's, that's the most optimal way to do it. But that's not necessarily most optimal for most people if you look at general life. And there's plenty of other ways yeah. to do it as well. Like you look at the fitness space, there's so many different mm. training modalities you can do. There's bodybuilding, there's powerlifting, strongman, CrossFit, you know, whatever there is in the world, yeah. there's so many different sort of styles of building muscle, um, uh, which is effectively what training is yeah. at the end of the day. And you could build muscle doing any of them. Yeah. Which Some of the coolest ones are like, pole dance and calisthenics yeah. like yeah. you can just do that thing with your body it's yeah. awesome but yeah i think it's kind of it's important to distinct the fact that we're not talking about absolute enormous amounts of muscle to like to look good to go on stage it's more about kind of looking healthy looking strong being functional being also fit as, as well and having your muscle mass allows you to look that way function that way that kind of thing and living long lives with it because yeah. if we have more muscle mass our bone density is going to be better we're going to live longer healthier more fulfilling yeah. lives as we go through like imagine being 60 years old and still being able to like throw your kids around or mm. your grandkids around imagine throwing your kids around at 60 that'd be exactly hilarious. yeah exactly that'd be amazing um and you, being able to do that for the rest of your life is mm. super super important and muscle mass and having muscle mass is the biggest marker for being able to do that yeah. I, I can't quote any exact science and like we've listened to it on a Huberman podcast so many podcasts so yeah specifically a Huberman podcast yeah. so if you've got like four hours of your life probably go and listen to one <laughs> it uh, was cool it was really good it was and there's a lot of science in there um, we'll try and find the episode and put it in the show notes but yeah. there's a pretty strong correlative between having being under muscled 
and that being as equally unhealthy for you as you age and having the same complications as being over fat. Yeah. Uh, that kind of the both ends of that spectrum being under muscled or over fat is equally as de- equally as detrimental. So making sure that you have muscle mass, it's significantly important. Incredibly so. Um, we'll kind of get into the the mechanisms of of hypertrophy, as we call it, basically how your body in the science builds muscle. But in kind of if you look at like we said, there's so many different ways to train and do build muscle to train and do exercise and whatever. All of them build muscle if they include lifting some form of weights or having some form of resistance to them. Obviously, running, slightly different. Like You can look at it in a very niche context context and go, yeah, you probably build muscle in your feet and your calves. But in terms of building it overall, it's not really where you, you're going to do it. Your heart muscle is going to be strong as hell. Though. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> exactly. So it kind of stands the reason that nutrition is the kind of fundamental thing that is this that that needs to be there to be able to build muscle at any of those forms of training. Let's start with the mechanisms of hypertrophy. How do we build muscle? How do we build muscle? I will it into existence. Yeah, just That's think about it. That's literally what I do. Like I, I sit there and I dream <laughs> and I go, I will have be muscly. I will. I will be muscly. And then the the uh, the scales go and tell me that I'm slightly muscular and I and I have a bit of a freak out. Mine's a tell me and I'm I'm unbalanced now and I'm really upset. Mine always tells me I'm unbalanced. <laughs> unbalanced. I think, what do you mean? I think it's My telling me mentally. Upper but... body, lower body are unbalanced now. Amazing. For context, they're talking about in-body scan. Yeah. So if anyone's ever done one, though, it's a... We uh, just stand there and look at the muscle bit on it and just go, please go up, please go up, please, please go up. Please. The, amount, the amount of data in that app, in the app version of the in-body, is extensive. Oh, ridiculous. Some of it, I would wager, is probably more detrimental than it is helpful. Yeah. But, like, it... it I, think I love to know how much protein I have and how many minerals I've got in my body <laughs> and how much salt there is. But like, is... it's not really going to change very much yeah. in my day-to-day life, to be honest. I mean, you don't know. You might go and be outside and use up all your minerals. Right. You'd have no minerals. On my run. Your minerals left. All your minerals have gone. I'm checking what it said. Full my upper minerals. to Full lower is slightly unbalanced. Same now. for me. What, because you've got more? But individually, they're balanced. Yeah. What, because you've got more lower? I don't know because it doesn't tell me that. But oh, that's it what doesn't I'm trying tell to you check. which way around. You can have a look. You can look at the the thing. Uh, there's like a little graph. Anyway, back yeah, on sorry, point. diverge. Yeah, there there is when we're talking about putting on muscle. Uh, Kieran said we're talking about what's called hypertrophy. Hypertrophy is effectively the mechanism by which we put muscle on, and it's uh, the scheme that we put muscle on. Now, there's a couple of ways that w- the body likes to induce muscle growth mm. or change itself now generally the body likes to be in what's called homeostasis it's basically the same level the whole way through and it tries to not generally move away from homeostasis however with that the body then needs to adapt to changing stimuli that occur now a changing stimuli could be anything from you spend a lot of time in the light and now you're going inside to the dark. Yeah, that change in stimuli is our pupils get uh, get bigger. Yeah, so we spend a lot of time in the light, now we're going to the dark, pupils get bigger so we can see more. When it comes to muscle, the body is going to try and adapt and change to a form of training. Now, most of our training and when we're talking about muscle growth, it's going to come down to resistance training, as Kieran has already said. And resistance training is the main way to generate a stimulus within our body. Now that can be in a couple of different ways. The first one is mechanical tension or muscle tension. Now, the main way to stimulate this is going to be through progressively heavier weights. Lift, lift shit. shit. Yeah. Lift, <laughs> lift shit heavy. <laughs> as heavy as you yeah. can. Heavy yeah. relative, right? Like yeah. relative to each person. So yeah. heavy isn't like, a, oh, you lift this much, now you're lifting heavy. It's yeah. relative to what you can do. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So for example, like I, shoulder pressed the 15 kg next week i did 17 and a half kg brilliant maybe it could have been i did a 50 kg back squat for eight reps the next week i did it for 10 reps i've now included more muscle tension yeah there's greater time under tension Mm. for the muscles now what this does when we impact so we put tension on our muscles it causes changes in the chemistry of the muscles. Um, it activates different growth factors, satellite cells, um, and it basically starts to recruit more cells to do the job. The body likes to be efficient, effectively. And the more efficient that it can be, 
the better. So this is what kind of comes down to when you see someone who's ridiculously strong, but maybe doesn't look all that muscly. And it's because their body is ridiculously efficient at contracting muscle, recruiting different muscles, using satellite cells to then activate more muscle fiber mm. in that body. So then if we can be more efficient with that, we're going to grow muscle, but we're also going to get much, much stronger. Next up is muscle damage. Now, this is the uh, most common one you kind of hear about. Yeah. Now, when we work out, our muscles kind of get little micro tears in them. Yeah. They're torn off the bone. They're not torn off the bone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're little micro tears. Okay. Like we're not talking like, you know, when you see those guys with those, you know, the bruises up and down their body and it's like, oh yeah, I've torn my pec. And it's like, no, no, we're talking like little micro tears. Tiny um, little paper cuts. Literally mm. within the muscle. And it's that small. And what the body does, again, like we said, it likes to be normal. So what it will do is it will send a load of different cells, a lot of different hormones uh, to effectively stimulate growth and recovery of those muscular tears. And what that's going to do is it's going to increase the amount of muscle fibers we have and basically sort of like pad out that area. Mm. So then it doesn't tear again. I think this is like my that. favorite fact about muscle. Yeah. Like basically you damage something and then it has to be stronger because it doesn't want to do it again. Yeah. Mm. Like Literally. the same as like mental resilience and stuff, but like the 100%. muscle's like, I'm actually doing this. <laughs> it's cool. Like, no, don't like it. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm going to stop you right there. You will not beat muscle. me up yeah. again. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So we get that local muscle damage and then the body recovers it and it gets stronger, bigger grows yeah. effectively now this is sort of the main reason why you end up feeling sore yeah and we get that when people like first start crossfit or they start oh, a yeah. resistance training thing, they're like i'm so sore yeah or Absolutely. you just randomly put bulgarian split squats or lunges into any workout yeah so it kind Who of does that that's <laughs> my butt today from yesterday honestly i can't deal yeah. <laughs> it's very sore Mu muscle damage is one of the three right it's one yep. of the three things but it's never a lot of kind of there's always often a positive connotation between having muscle damage and going i got a really good workout yes not necessarily always true no. not necessarily there is a there there is a maximal recoverable volume that of of stuff that if you go beyond uh, and you become debilitatingly sore you probably did a bit too much yes and or kind of it was just super new and fresh and something you hadn't done before so then your kind of muscles aren't used to it so then you get that ex the additional damage and soreness 100 percent, and uh that's the main one is when you when your body encounters something that it's never done before it will probably have a little bit of a freak out mm. and you'll be like oh my god i'm so sore so starting any training program you're going to feel sore and then as a training program goes on you're probably going to be less sore even if you are increasing the weights mm. because you're then going to be relying more on that muscle tension uh, or that mechanical tension to help you build muscle rather mm. than that muscle damage or muscle soreness. But a lot of people then go, well, I'm not feeling it, it anymore. I'm not getting sore. So obviously the workout's not working. Yeah. And it's like, no, you're fine. You yeah. just haven't done anything novel for a while. Yeah. You're just kind of adapting to what yeah. you're, you're used to doing. And that's a good thing because <clears throat> your body's adapting mm. to the situation, which means it's growing muscle to stop it being torn as much, mm. which is pretty cool. Yeah. Then the final one, uh, metabolic stress. Metabolic stress is a really interesting one. Um, and it kind of comes in like a couple of different forms. But the best way you can kind of think about it as is the classic bodybuilder pump. Yeah. Yeah. I got the pump. Swollen. Yeah, literally. And everyone's like, I need the pump. I've got to hold on to the pump. And, and that's when your muscles look absolutely huge. Yeah. They're full of blood. They're full of glycogen. They're full of water. Basically, the muscles have, in fact, almost swollen due to the metabolic demand put on them. And metabolic mm. demand basically means the ability to produce energy, to go through um, an energy producing system. So we talk about um, sort of the tr every muscle to contract needs energy to do so. Metabolism and metabolic pathways allow that to happen without getting too much into science. But effectively what happens is that when we go through a lot of workouts, the body's and cells become under stress. And so they end up swelling around the muscle. It then helps contribute to muscle growth um, without super increasing the size on a day-to-day -day basis. Mm. But it, again, it helps to make the body more and more efficient, especially when we start adding more water to those cells mm. as they go through. And then you get that really big pumped up feeling as you go. And those are sort of the three main ways. Now, metabolic stress is also one of those interesting ones that if you aren't feeling sore, but you're feeling really fatigued after a workout, 
you've probably undergone a lot of metabolic stress. Mm. Yeah. Especially when we talk about CrossFit and you kind of like end up finishing a CrossFit workout and going, oh mm. my God, I'm just exhausted. But you're not super sore the next mm. day. You're just feeling exhausted. Yeah. Your body's probably used up a lot of its energy stores. Mm. It's probably undergone quite a bit of inflammation around those muscles. And so then it's needing to recover and just reset back to normal from that added sort of stresses there. Mm. So again, you've got that sort of like two kind of stimulus feelings, feeling a little bit fatigued, feeling a bit sore, or it could just be, hey, I'm getting stronger. Then you're undergoing one of these free sort of muscle and increasing. Generally, things. whenever you're doing something that is resistance training or just lifting weights, like whatever format it happens to be, uh, whether you're doing like bodybuilding style, yeah. whether you're doing CrossFit, whether you're going to get one at minimum, one of those three, 100%. one of those yeah. three and your body is going to build some muscle. some muscle. Getting two of those three is more optimal. Uh, getting three of those three is the most optimal and generally in a well-structured bodybuilding program is where you're going to get three of those three. Yeah. Because it's, it, the way it has to be structured is to be able, you have to do things differently to achieve. Generally, you have to do things differently 100%. to achieve each of those individual things. Yeah. Well, we look at like, um, we talk about sort of muscle tension, yeah? Or increasing mechanical tension. We're talking probably, there's a couple of ways, but like could be lower reps and we're putting on some serious weight onto mm. that, um, onto the muscles by using something like maybe let's take a deadlift for example yeah. we're talking about pushing some heavy weight across the floor so body's having to really engage all its muscles probably going to increase our muscle tension you're looking that. at like sets of one to five yeah, exactly. very high percentage like a yeah. kind of eight nine out of ten difficulty kind of that, exactly. that kind of range yeah. however staying on the deadlift if we then decided to increase the eccentric phase so, so the, the lowering phase um and we took it to higher reps and maybe at a tempo, we're then going to increase the amount of muscle damage we're going to accrue. And so we're going to be more into that second phase. Mm. Or, for example, we decided to do something like a drop set of dead. I don't know why you do it on deadlifts, but hey, you know, each of <laughs> the their example. own. Each yeah. of their own. Drop set. You do a couple of, you do max reps at a certain weight. Drop the weight, more max reps. Drop the weight, more max reps. The metabolic demand on that is yeah. going to be humongous. And granted, just, just yeah. to say, we're not saying that's a really good way to do that. No. That's not a really good way to do that. That's a terrible yeah. way. Yes. If you're sore for about three months yes. after that, it's like, that's not, those, those are You'll just the... You'll never deadlift again. Yeah. You, don't, you won't need you to. You can't. You yep. physically won't be able to. It's but you get really sick but, pump doing that. But those, those are the three ways that you yep. can induce each of those mechanisms. Exactly. It'd be, and like the most optimal way, there's a reason bodybuilders train in the way that they do is because it maximizes each of those three yep. mechanisms generally. In other forms of training, like CrossFit is the one we know the most. So yeah. like, you, it happens in a slightly different way, but you still get each of those three. Mm. But it comes from different different fashions, and we achieve them in a different way. We're not focused, like the program isn't focused around either of those three things. We're focusing on more the output that comes from you doing the thing. So yeah. we're looking to build you fitter. You're looking to be, you're going to be stronger by lifting weights. You're looking to be more proficient at moving the weights for speed so you by doing that you are going to get some of those and therefore build muscle yeah 100 but it's not necessarily the not necessarily the direct optimal way to be 100 percent focused on building build muscle. muscle but that's not necessarily what we're talking about no so kind of for you're thinking like oh okay i'm i'm training i'm doing my exercise i'm doing my fitness it's got resistance training in there i'm doing some i'm doing some cardio i'm doing some lifting um not building muscle nutrition is your key area yeah the thing to, that you're probably lacking that's the, the bit you're gonna be you're gonna be lacking what are in terms of if you looked at nutrition for for building muscle what are the kind of key areas to start i think you can maybe you can talk more Work kind of this bit yeah. on uh, again. Tom can jump in with science. Tom can bring the science. Yeah, Tom likes science. It's good having a science person. It is. It's great. It saves me the stress. I yeah. can just talk practical. Yeah. <laughs> so I give it on the face of it. Then, like nutrition, uh, when someone's looking to build muscle, what are the th what are the biggest things to be aware of? Ultimately, the the biggest things are making sure you get enough protein, making sure you eat more calories than you burn. And then making sure that you sleep enough and you've got adequate rest through the week. So if we were to look at that in a little bit more detail, in terms of the protein, it's kind of 
two bits to this. One of them would be just general volume and making sure that you're getting enough over the course of the day. So that would be for building muscle, we're looking at ideally anywhere over two kilos, um, two grams per kilo of body weight. God, that would have been a lot. Jesus. Two kilos per gram of body weight. You've God, eaten all day. Forever. And what are you eating today? Anyway, I've eaten four cows this week. Two grams. <laughs> Per kilo, but that could like they've done research up to like four grams per kilo. Yeah, you can that was roll. mostly just to check that like it doesn't cause damage to your body, and it doesn't. It so does like not. it's safe. Before anybody freaks out, it is safe to eat a large amount of protein, and that is something that is definitely required to be able to build muscle. So anywhere kind of I would generally say between two and two point six grams is generally a good place to be. It's a little bit easier to manage than going up to that four. That could come from any source kind of generally we'd for each of us we all have a, a meat diet with a mix of meat and veggies and we'll put in some veggie proteins mm. and kind of having that balance is really helpful just to make sure you've got variety through your diet you don't get bored of the things that you're adding in and you've got kind of good variance of, of nutrients that's going to yeah. support your gut i think variance is really really key when it comes to putting on protein mm. like you don't want to just be eating the same old like we talk about if chicken i ate chicken at every yeah. single meal i would every cry oh. <laughs> but also like you're going to be restricted in like one type of protein source yeah like your body's just going to be working to digest chicken protein chicken protein yeah like at the end of the day like amy spoke about it already the nutrients you get by eating a variance of of meats is is huge mm. like you're going to be getting different types of fats you're going to be getting different types of micronutrients we're talking vitamins minerals all that kind of stuff and eating across like a spectrum of meats or fishes is huge yeah. like throughout a week i'll try and eat some red meat some white meat some fish some yeah. seafood yeah because yep. then i'm getting a really good complement of protein yeah but then also the benefits of eating across it we're eating one thing we're eating mono like mononutritionally mm. then it's just going to be one really boring but two you're just going to be stuck with the same nutrients and you're probably going to have to supplement yeah yeah i mean that's a very good like point, i yeah. went vegetarian a while back i was veggie for like two years previously and i didn't do weightlifting so it wasn't like i didn't think so much about kind of what specifically am i getting in terms of my macronutrients mm. i just was like i don't like meat i'm not gonna eat meat fine cool that's fine and then started doing crossfit and then went veggie again and i find just like because i'd live off of like linda mccartney chicken um veggie sausages and corn i was like oh cool i'm getting like one kind of protein all the mm. time and if i'd ripped my hands doing a gymnastic session it would take like two and a half weeks for them to recover because I wasn't getting the proteins that I needed. Mm. So simple things like this can be really good indicators of like, are you getting enough protein? And are you getting the variety that you need? And that could be a quick way to mix things up. Yeah. Also, if you notice like your gut health isn't great, like maybe you're bloated all the time or you've got trouble with going to the toilet or that kind of stuff, either too frequently or infrequently. One of the easiest ways to improve your gut health is just add that variety. Mm. And that being from your protein sources and from your veggie sources. Yeah. And we, we can't neglect like veggie protein sources. Some of them are absolutely fantastic. Like, we talk about things like edamame beans, mushrooms, <clears throat> sorry, um, <laughs> things like tofu. Tofu, um, lentils, yeah. seitan, tempeh. Yeah. They're all really good sources. And again, build that complement and that variance because again, you're getting different micronutrients across the whole range again there which is pretty cool yeah <laughs> and more fiber yep well Very i think good. you mentioned uh you can pretty much say there's a lot of research on safely eating up to like four grams of protein mm. per kilo what would be it sounds great like in theory it sounds great eat more protein build more muscle why would you not then just bash yourself full of protein so i mean there's research on like partly like the keto diet or yeah. carnivore diet yeah and one of the big things is that when you then go predominantly protein and meat, you're taking out the really good one that Tom just mentioned of fiber. Go so on. you're not getting that roughage that you need to be able to clear everything out properly. Yeah. You're not getting short chain fatty acids that are going to help to look after your gut and be able to make sure that you're staying healthy. That then might mean the food gets stuck and then we get more colds, like your immune system isn't mm. quite good. You might 
be bloated more often you might be more gassy so it's all things that are really helpful for just making sure kind of we've got a balanced diet it's yeah. going to make sure that that we're functioning more optimally i think another key thing about fiber that a lot of people forget as well is that it kind of slows everything down a little bit mm. it slows your absorption of food down a little <laughs> bit <laughs> straight yeah. it's not going to come straight through straight no through. but what i'm talking about more is no that fiber when in we, coffee <laughs> when we free. eat fiber it can <laughs> slow the absorption <laughs> <laughs> I hate you too so much. <laughs> this is why I don't drink coffee, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. Hey, we all know that if I drank coffee, I'd be like an absolute right. squirrel. Mm. Yeah, yeah. If I'm like, you know, no, have you ever true. seen Hoodwinked? No. You ever seen, oh, right. So you need to go home and watch the movie Hoodwinked. Anyway, there's a squirrel in it who talks really, really, really fast. Uh, and then they give him coffee and he basically bounces between trees. Amazing. Going, That'd be me on that, coffee. Yeah, but yeah, um, right. that five, was me last night. And it, I only had decaf. <laughs> <laughs> That is what we call a placebo, baby. <laughs> um, but yeah, fiber will slow down the absorption of different things. So again, it's going to keep you satiated for longer at the same time, mm. which is pretty good. I was reading something earlier that was about talking about this completely tangent and kind of relevant for eating more fiber and it being like if you have a, a diet that's full of whole foods and fiber, it's going to help your stomach to feel like it's stretched. It feel, feels like it's fuller. And then that way it's going to help to digest a little bit slower, kind of as your body starts to break down with the muscles. It's going to slow down that process of actually truly digesting it. Whereas if you have something like a McDonald's, for example, you could eat like two to three times the number of calories. It takes up as much space, but it takes much longer to get there. And then it's very quickly going back through because they turn that to mush super fast and it's gone. And that's why you feel mm. one of the reasons why you feel really hungry. Because it's still zero after fiber, eating, a, it? eating a McDonald's, like you eat it and you're like, Cool, I can have like six of them. Yeah. yeah. Honestly. Say, I'll like, have one in like 20 minutes later. I'm like, okay, what's next? Yeah. Just chicken sandwich after McChicken sandwich after McChicken oh, sandwich. Yeah. So good though. Awful. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's true as well because when the stomach expands, that causes the release of different types of hormones like appetite satiation hormones, um, that, sorry, appetite suppressing hormones that are going to be like, cool, you've ate. Brilliant. Yeah. Good mm. job, buddy. <laughs> yeah. And then it's like, okay, so now we stop eating. Whereas if we don't get that expansion, probably not going to have that hormone yeah. and we're probably just going to keep on eating mm. yeah yeah that makes sense so the second thing you mentioned then was eating in a certain we didn't actually get to that yet well yeah eating. so the, i mean eating. the second part of yeah. the protein side of things so one is kind of the quality and the variety yeah. the other bit being when you eat it mm. so one bit that is really helpful in the way the bodybuilders look at their diet is the frequency that they eat mm. so kind of looking at okay could you eat roughly every four hours is kind of a good rule of thumb. And that being, okay, say you're gonna eat your breakfast at 7 a.m., you're gonna train at nine, and then you're gonna eat again at 11. It means you don't have to think so much about, okay, well, what am I eating that's absolutely perfect and spot on with the 40 minutes I've got before I train because I didn't mm. think about it. You have a full balanced meal, you've got your carbs, you've got your protein, you've got your fat. You wait an hour and a half to two hours for that to digest. All of that energy is kicked in. You go and you train, your muscles are happy. You finish training, you go away, you have your next meal when it's ready. Yeah. And then we go through that cycle of every four hours. So then it's also going to help that your muscles can recover better because you've got that steady drip of protein that's going to come in throughout the day. So we never come into such a low dip that our muscle can't recover from it, can't get stronger, can't get mm. bigger. So it leaves kind of those gaps and gives us some consistency. I like to call it eating proactively rather than reactively. Mm. So eating because you're going to be doing something and you've mm. got a purpose rather than eating because you're hungry. Yeah. Um, and it's a, a, like a really good example of something that you two do really, really well. Um, you guys went out to the theatre. Uh, I think it was the other week when your mum and uh, oh Amy's mum and dad were out. <laughs> yeah. um, I, I heard about the theatre because Amy's dad... All he would do was talk about he the He was theater. horrified. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but anyway, so um, basically, Amy and Kieran knew they were going to go out to the theater that night. They knew they were going to get hungry some point during that performance. So what did they do? They went and ate some food mm. beforehand. Ate the food, made sure it was regular, made sure it was a really good meal. And that way, they knew they were going to survive the, the trip. <laughs> Granted, made... we had lunch about 75 minutes before yeah. that is the size <laughs> point yeah. that's what makes that story even better yeah. so they had lunch and then 75 minutes later ate again because we knew we couldn't eat for about another four hours after that yeah yeah and so. also on the way to lunch because it had been about two and a half hours since we ate i made everyone stop in a petrol station so i could get a sandwich yeah exactly because but we all know yeah. far too well that i get really grumpy yeah, when I've not eaten enough queen or not eaten recently. Yeah, queen oh, of hangry. But that, that's the thing is that 
if we're talking about building muscle, eating proactively is the best way to do it. Mm. Like being like, I'm going to eat here, here, and here, so then I can do this, this, and this. Mm. And then I know I'm going to be building muscle. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Like yeah, I'll yeah. do that with like, I track food and I'll track it on Sunday from Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Yeah. So I know, okay, do I have enough food in the fridge? Do I know what I'm grabbing as I come out to the gym in the morning to make sure, cool, I can build muscle and that's all great. But like, is my energy consistent? Am I in a good mood? All of this stuff, even if your goal isn't building muscle, but it's going to be a really good side effect on both sides mm. to just make sure that that energy is consistent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, certainly. And you go with the, um, I lost where you were there, sorry. Uh, eating in a surplus was kind of the next thing you mentioned. Mm. Uh, talk about protein being kind of, you need to eat protein, you need to eat in a surplus, and then sleep and rest days are massively important. Eating in a surplus, or as Tom put it before we started, eat big to get big. <laughs> get big. <laughs> yeah, buddy. <laughs> my favorite thing <laughs> what um eating a surplus talk, muscle talk is hungry and expensive basically like each of us you know what yeah i, I feel that, 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 that true, that's yeah. we are very <laughs> hungry and very expensive but yeah muscle needs a lot of energy one to kind of maintain the amount we have and then even more to make it grow bigger yeah. so say you go to the gym and you burn 500 calories when you're in the gym Cool, you're going to want to top up at least to that 500 calories that you've just burned and then some. You're then, obviously, you've got all the energy you're going to use through the day just from sitting still, from using your hands whilst you talk, from pottering around the kitchen, from doing your, your day job, just your organ function, all that kind of stuff. So making sure that we eat above what our baseline of burn is to make sure that we can put on some of that size. Yeah. That sort of like basal, what Amy's talking about is that basal metabolic rate. Yeah. Science. Science. The science word. Basal metabolic rate. Science. Yeah. Just what we do about doing nothing. Yeah. It's high. Like I I calculated mine. Like my basal metabolic rate is basically 2,000 calories. So for me, if I just sat down in bed and lay down and did nothing all day, I would burn 2,000 calories Mm. straight up. So I didn't eat those 2,000 calories. I mean, I know. I'm quite impressed with it. I was like, yeah, "Yeah, that's not bad. Um, But if I then didn't eat those 2,000 calories, I'm 2,000 calories down. I'm mm. going to start losing muscle. My body's going to start cannibalizing itself in a way. Mm. So i got to make sure that I'm eating up to my basal metabolic rate just to sit there and do nothing. Yeah. Then if I want to actually get up and do something, yeah, I'm going to have to eat a little bit more. If I want to put on muscle, damn, I've got to eat a lot more. If yeah. I want to sustain that muscle, I've got to really eat. Which yeah? is why it's really difficult them. for you guys. Like if you get sick or anything like that and then you've got no appetite like the rate that i think the two of you more than anybody i know the rate that you guys can lose weight i'm like why can't i have literally turned into a lamppost (laughs) last time i was ill yeah Yeah. literally i I remember it was ridiculous you went from about close to 90 kilos seven or eight kilos within like three weeks yeah yeah Yeah, i I, I get ill i get a cold i can drop three kilos Mm. like that within like a week it's ridiculous and it's it's it People are like, oh, I wish we were you. And me and Kieran are like, it's the most annoying thing yeah. in the world. Well, I guess grass is always greener, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Everyone works yeah. with someone else, Scott. I'm just like, yeah. oh, guys, it's great that you can do this. But then if I lost all my muscle, I'd be crying my eyes out. Mm. Yeah. So. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, 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 don't worry. There's been a lot of uh, tearful evenings. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's left me again. Yeah. Why am I so skinny again? Yeah. Oh, Literally. And, but that's also like an interesting point, too, is that we spoke about it earlier, is that the body likes what we call homeostasis. It likes to be a certain weight. It likes to be a certain position. And Mm. we've now forced it into a very different state. Mm. We've forced it to grow muscle. The body is like, okay, cool. We still want to be back here. And it just takes time to then rebuild back to that sort of like, to get back into that what we call like building phase again. Is that kind of like, um, so... Is that, an, is that an actual thing? So like you have, your body will have a natural set point of, I guess, where it would, where it can be. It's a moving set point. Yeah, that's what I mean. It's so that, that, that was, that was going to be my next, that was going to be my question. So your it's body like, gets used to being at a certain weight. And then if you were to increase it, like putting on muscle and you become kind of fight, let's say, for example, you become five kilos heavier. Does it just take 
a longer amount of time of being at that five kilos heavier than where you were for your body set point to then re- to reset exactly. to that point. Is exactly. that that actually it becomes thing? the norm? Yeah, right. Because like for example, like I started when I started CrossFit, I was sixty two kilos. Mm-hmm. I was I was skinny. Mm. Like, I was fucking skinny as shit, um, and you know I would then go from sixty two to sixty five, and I bounce between those. And then suddenly I'd start bouncing between 65 to 67 yeah. and then 67 to 70. Mm. But I'd be bouncing back to that lower weight when I wasn't working out as much. Mm. But then I'd have this new sort of normality. Mm. And then I would push out the boundary, stretch it out, stretch it out, stretch it out, hang there as much as I can. And then suddenly that becomes the norm. Mm. And then suddenly I'm now, well, I'm 83 kilos. And mm. that's now the norm. Kind of that's thing. now kind of norm. Yeah, I got it. So your body can, you, you just need to sit at that point for longer for it to then set in as like, okay, your body's used to being there now. Yeah. Is it were is it the same the other way? So if you were to come down in body fat? Yeah, no, I think like I'm probably like my natural weight is somewhere between 75 and 80. And it takes me quite a bit of work to get down to like, I think the lowest I've been in that since starting CrossFit is like 71. Mm. And my body freaked out. Mm. like it was not okay with being that like it nothing was comfortable mentally was not comfortable Mm. so then it just straight away sprung back up to like 76 which is like no we're not gonna be here and Mm. then that little bit of work to get back down and now i'm at like 79 80 Mm. but it's actually well okay i'm i'm stronger here yeah okay what can i do to kind of keep my weight around there but my muscle go up and my fat go down Mm. yeah so it's then anytime i I think mine is probably much more of a a mental thing and i don't know if that's the thing with with being female or just I have no idea. But as I get lighter, my body kind of gets into much more of a stress state as I get lighter compared mm. to being a bit heavier. Because it is in a stress state. You yeah. About it. yeah. It is, well, you are, like it's that having state. to be in a deficit yeah. rather than, which is kind of the same with if you're, if you're sat in a surplus and you're not used to eating that much. Like Your body's it is an really energy intensive, slightly stressful yeah. thing to be eating a bit more. Yeah. Mm. And, and it's hard. It's mentally challenging as well. You yeah. feel really full. You can feel really heavy. You're going to be like, oh, I feel kind of lethargic sometimes. Sometimes you can feel like I feel full of energy. Mm. It's yeah. great. But again, it can be like a really mentally tough thing to just keep eating. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like it's not the thing that you naturally do. No, like if you want to definitely. put on muscle, then sometimes it can feel a bit like you're forcing yourself to yeah. eat. Yeah. Which then is uncomfortable and it takes up a lot more of your brain space in the same way that like, okay, I have to sit in a calorie deficit and I can't have this and I can't have this. Mm. Oh God, I've got to eat again. I've got to do this now. I find it's very normal to just bounce up and down when you're trying to build muscle as you go through it. No, exactly. Yeah. I think something you mentioned there, we've kind of all, we all spoke to him, we all related uh, a weight that we've been at. So like a body weight. And Mm. I think for important thing to note is like, we're not saying, we're not tied. I don't think any of us are tied to tied to what the actual weight no. is but it's the correlative between how we looked and felt mm. at 100%. that weight so it's yeah. not yeah. The, it's not the importance on the weight itself or the actual number but it's more that i know for me when i was 91 kilos that i had muscle i was stronger i was able to move better i was fitter so it's more it's it's more the 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 tie to what i was able to do mm. and so, how i looked at yeah. that uh, particularly at that number yeah. yeah so it's not the tie to that actual number yeah. yeah i think is the important thing which is sometimes i guess helpful and unhelpful yeah um like f- i think for going upwards when you're trying to build muscle and trying to go up to a weight i would say it's probably more helpful yeah yeah i would argue that like for me i know that if my if every time i go on the and i jump on the in body and my 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 weight's gone up i'm like cool i'm going the right way yeah uh, and great like it, mentally it's a good boost I, yeah i feel like i feel full of energy i feel yeah. great i'm satisfied i know that kind of thing. i know yeah. what's going to happen like i've been eating as i should it's going upwards yeah i'm going towards that upward target whereas potentially sometimes the other way around going like maybe a bit more of a fixation on trying to reach yeah. a number maybe i don't know maybe if i'm just looking at it from a different from the wrong perspective i don't know if i don't think it's the wrong perspective i think it's just a different perspective yeah, yeah. um but yeah, I know what you mean. Like often, so if at the moment I'm trying to maintain my muscle or try and put on muscle and lose a little bit of body fat, yeah. which is slightly harder, although not impossible. Mm-hmm. But it's that way. I'm like, okay, I jump on the scale and I'm like, okay, today I'm I'm 81. Okay, 
the next day, okay, I'm 80.5. The next day, I'm 78. Okay, yeah. and then, um, yeah. okay, now we're back to eight. Okay, I thought we were on a good trend. Okay, Kieran, what changed? Kieran, <laughs> do you want to tell us what happened earlier today? Uh, I got on the, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've been on for a good few weeks. I've been eating well. A lot of organ meat. It's yeah. <laughs> serving me well. Uh, and my, my muscle mass has been coming up. My body weight's going up. My body fat percentage has kind of been... Uh, pretty much roughly around the same maybe going down a little bit just because it's because the muscle mass and the mm. body and the body weight's going up and i've been going up nice and steadily and then i got on this morning and my muscle mass was down half a kilo and although before like, that you did a really excited oh, yes. scream and so jump around is, yeah my, <laughs> my body weight has gone back up to the highest it's been probably in about a year yeah which is amazing i was very happy so i let out a very loud cheer uh, <laughs> then it did the whole thing and did the scan and i was down half a kilo of muscle and i was like ah this is bullshit this is, <laughs> this is rubbish but if you take a step back and like I've, then you kind of bring up the results on the screen and you, and you look at the actual line. trend yeah. like yeah it's all going to work it's yeah. all going up so within standard like, deviation yeah exactly yeah. exactly and i think this comes on quite nicely to like the next bit which is sleep and rest yeah like one of the things that can make such a big difference on that kind of weekly fluctuation in where the muscle mass is or where the fat mass is or where the, the weight is, is your sleep. Mm. Like the biggest place to recover outside of, obviously we, we damage our muscles when we're in the gym, we recover, the, we fuel them when we're in the kitchen, but then they really truly recover when we're sleeping. And if you're not sleeping enough, so that being kind of seven to nine hours, ideally no less than seven hours, it could be more than nine if you've got the time for it. Um, I don't feel like we all had that life, it'd be great. We'd all be so strong. Yeah, Jesus Christ. It'd be so great. But that's kind of the place that our muscles really, truly recover, allow them to get stronger, and kind of one of our, our best performance enhancers that's legal and readily available. Sleep. Sleep. Yeah, best performance enhancer there is out there. But not just for sort of like muscle growth in, in itself mm. so yes when we're asleep our muscles are able to recover because they're sitting down we're in a semi-comatose state like you're going to be able to take time to just for the body to convert those little amino acids into proteins into muscle fibers you're going to rebuild your metabolism gets back to normal but also when you wake up from sleep you had a really good night's sleep you're going to feel great yeah mentally you're going to feel good you're going to have more energy to go and attack the next workout which then is going to again compound the effects so that you're going to be able to put more attention to either mechanical tension mm. uh, muscle damage or you know metabolic stress and it's just going to build and build and build so if you get a good night's sleep it's going to allow you to stay more on track with your nutrition more on track with your training and it's going to allow the whole thing to just accelerate mm. in a way yeah certainly mm. like so sleep is kind of a big one like we're talking specifically about building muscle but yeah like having yeah. generally having energy and ha then being able to actually have capacity to think about all the things that you need to do to have your life in order to then be able to put yourself in a good position to build muscle mm. requires you to have sleep so then yeah. it kind of it forces it helps you be able to do all the stuff that you actually need to do yeah. uh we're going to uh we were talking about the numbers and the scale and kind of how we all look and stuff and kind of relating to that, which kind of does lead us on a little bit. We mentioned at the start that we were going to talk about it, tone. Like that's kind of the most common things. And like you said, particularly females mm. will say, I kind of want, I want to look more toned. I want to have more tone. Which technically toning a muscle isn't really a thing, but what, what do you actually, what often, what often is the what people are thinking of when yeah. that is, is it's being able to see the muscles more, which yeah. means it's less body fat and more muscle. Yeah. Yeah. So having tone in your arms means your arms have more muscle and they have less body fat so you can see the actual muscle that you have, Yeah. Uh, which, is, which is what that really means. So being toned isn't really a thing technically, but it's a visual. Like it's, yeah. it's, a, it's, a, yeah. it's a visual thing. And it's probably one of the more common things that females will think about. Definitely. Like, yeah. I don't want to get too muscly. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to put on muscle. I don't want to look like that. I don't want to like train and look like a man. It's hard. It's so difficult. Yeah. <laughs> it's not that easy. Like, it's really not that easy. I get it though. Yeah. It's like, it kind of makes sense. Like I get the whole, like, oh, I don't want to, I want to look like I have big muscles. I guess the, probably the most common one is like traps. Yeah. Is the, is like kind of uh, having the traps, which I think is cool. 
Yeah. yeah. It's very cool. Like, it's just kind of look, looking strong, looking like a functioning human. <laughs> like you look like you can do stuff. You I'd know, love to have function. bigger biceps and triceps, but yeah. my traps grow much faster. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, which, yeah. <laughs> but I think like this was a thing I always used to say, like pre, particularly pre-CrossFit. Like I would go to the gym and I would do like body attack and spin and yoga and I'd go swimming and I'd do like a little bit of weightlifting. I'd be like, yeah, I want to look toned. And then do cardio excessively. Like, so much cardio. It was ridiculous. And then it was like, I'm just hungry all the time and I'm miserable and this doesn't look any different. And then I started CrossFit. And then I think partly because as I started to do CrossFit, the media that I took in, so like looking at strong women that went to the CrossFit Games mm. and things like that, my perception of what women should look like from being like the cover of a magazine and someone that's been photoshopped to within an inch of their life mm. versus someone like i don't know at that time probably would have been like catching david's daughter that yeah. would have been mm. like the ideal yeah. um and it's like oh wait women can have muscles yeah. and like oh yeah it's probably going to take me quite some time and 11 years in and it's i'm still not like that damn it um <laughs> yeah. but like having that perspective of what different people look like and what it what toned could look like or mm. what you can do but also the big thing just being it was really fun just to start picking up weights and putting them back down again mm. yeah yeah that's a really good point you the you don't you can't cardio your way to toned. It doesn't work because the significant portion of looking toned is you have to have muscle. You have to yeah. carry muscle. You, like yeah. you have to carry muscle, and like it's not again. It just like we said at the start, it's not the bodybuilder getting on stage massive loads yeah. of muscle. It's functional. It's looking like a normal person that looks like they lift things and looks like they could climb their way out of whatever situation they were in or mm. they were able to be functional and like you looking that way is what toned is yeah and how you get it is by being being kind of eating well being lean enough mm. but then also having enough muscle for that to be visible yeah it's kind of those it's those it's the balance of those two things is what toned really is in yeah. from from my perspective that's what I, that's mm. what i would that's what i would say yeah. 100 and i i think a, a, a key point of this though is that whether we're building muscle, we're trying to look toned. So we need to be healthy and sort of like have yeah. a healthy relationship with the food. Like Amy spoke about her changing psyche there already, mm. like how you're going from that looking at the, you know, cover models who are all really, really skinny, that kind of thing, to changing of, oh, I want to look like someone like Caption Davis' daughter, mm. Sarah Sigmund's daughter, you know, uh, all the daughters, all, <laughs> yeah. all of them. Um, Danny Spiegel, someone like that, mm. yeah. yeah. You know, I think she has her brand, which is, um, what is it? Uh, Girls Who Eat. Mm. Yeah. yeah, that kind of thing. I think and she's awesome. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's cool. Shorter person, massive legs. Yeah. Massive. So it's strong. So good. Yeah. So good. And changing that idea of femininity around mm. it as well, that mm. girls can be strong. Also changing the idea of masculinity too as well. Yeah. It's like guys should can be strong too. Yeah. Yeah, strong, right. lean, you know. And it's okay to be that way. A hundred percent. And be functional. Yes. Not just have to have enormous arms and, and shoulders. Yeah. And you're not and no having legs. it yeah, you're not having it just purely for aesthetics. You're having it for your functionality. You're having it for, you know, what you can do with your body rather yeah. than the way your body looks can also be Weirdly important. your body changes and adapts to look a certain way when you prioritize function. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's true. When you prioritize functioning in a certain way or creating an output. Your body will change and adapt to be able to better deliver that yeah. output, which invariably means in a lot of the training that we do for for CrossFit, it manifests itself in more muscle. Yeah. Like you end up you end up with more muscle. Like granted, CrossFitters have a certain shape where it starts to start to show. Right, yeah, <laughs> rectangle. I don't right. know what you're talking about. But, um, but I've got an hourglass a... now again. But it's less of like my boobs and my butt being big, and it's my shoulders and my quads. Yeah, <laughs> still an hourglass. Alternative hourglass. Yeah. But I, th I think exactly. when it comes to it and having that healthy relationship with our body is more about like, like understanding why do you want to build muscle? Yeah. Like why mm. do I want to look muscly? Why do I want to build muscle? And for me, when it came down to it, when I first started working out, um, there was like two reasons. And number one was because I wanted to be just more athletic mm. I, I wanted to be able to run around and do things and have fun and and enjoy life without feeling like i'm getting winded or like feeling yeah. like i'm really really skinny number two for me was also aesthetics i wanted to look good i looked yeah. in the mirror and i wasn't happy with what i saw but then i as my 
gym career, <laughs> I guess, yeah. developed, um, it really started to change into more like, why do I want to get bigger and stronger? And it's like, well, I want to be able to snatch really heavy. I want to be able to do cool kipping pull-ups. I want to be able to run, you know, 5K, but mm. I also, you know, want to be able to throw weight around. And I started thinking more about like what I can do with my body rather than the way it looks. And then suddenly, oh, cool. I look the way I always wanted to look. Yeah. Mm. So my relationship with my body with building muscle was down to I wouldn't want I want to build muscle because I want to do this thing mm. and it can often be a nice and healthier way to look at it rather than be like I want to build muscle because I want you know my abs to pop or mm. my shoulders to look really capped yeah like, I want to build muscle because I want my shoulders to be able to throw this thing that really will allow far. me to function yeah and do the thing <laughs> yeah. that I want to do yeah I want to throw the stick really far for my yeah. dog yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think like exactly. another one at least in my shift has been like going from kind of that common female mentality of like I need to be small and I need to fit into this tiny little space no, and not be that space. visible and now I'm just like no I want my shoulders to be so big that I walk into a room and everyone turns around and they're like oh look at your arms one like, of my favorite <laughs> things you ever did Amy, was um I think it was it last summer you were going to a wedding yeah and Amy was going <laughs> yeah. to a wedding she bought like it was like a backless, like a backless dress. dress she bought a backless mm. dress and was like okay so for the next two weeks, I'm doing nothing but back and arms. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. We did like bench drop sets and back drop sets for like three days and I couldn't move. She was like, By the time we got to the wedding, because my boobs were so sore. <laughs> <laughs> like, I just want to take up space, which is cool. And mm. it's awesome. It's such but a that's never a thing that I would have done yeah. before. No. I'd just be like, how can I just shrink so that nobody notices I'm here? Mm. But your confidence because of you know the muscle growth that you've undertaken it's and then the passage you've gone your confidence is just skyrocketed because of it mm. you're like i'm here listen up bitches mm. <laughs> yeah. so kind of let's go before we start talking about actually ways you can eat to build muscle we'll take two minutes and we'll come back for a part two okay okay So I hope you enjoyed that first episode, the first part of this three-part series about building muscle. In this next episode, we are going to dig into a little bit more on kind of actionable ways that you can eat to build muscle. So that's going to be coming up in uh, in episode two uh, and episode three of this three-part series. Hope you enjoyed. If you did enjoy uh, and you you can, please leave us a review, leave us a leave leave us a rating, leave us a. If you are listening on Spotify, any questions you can actually jump them into uh, in the Q and A. So if you do have any questions on building muscle, on fat loss, on anything else surrounding kind of nutrition and training, you can put them in there. So please feel free to ask. We'd love to answer. Uh, but yeah, if you did enjoy uh, and you can leave us a rating, that would be immensely, immensely helpful. Uh, and we'll catch you in the next episode.